0: To the meaningful work meaningful life podcast the show that empowers you to redefine the life you want and live your best life now i'm your host Francine Belly and i show purpose-driven entrepreneurs and professionals a powerful pathway to become top leaders in their field, attract their ideal clients and impact millions of people globally. So don't get fooled. It hasn't always been that way I went from being a frustrated and for unfulfilled corporate employees to living a globe-trotting lifestyle, doing what I love, speaking across the world, and being featured in top media publications. I am on a mission to help a million entrepreneurs and professionals to become thought leaders in their industry by leveraging the power of personal branding. Join me and my guests every Tuesday for inspirational stories and practical strategies to get more meaning in your work and in your life, make the money you deserve and lead a movement to change the world. I am really excited to talk to Katrina Ellis who is a financial wellness expert. So she went on a transformation from financial desperation to financial wellness, and is really passionate about empowering people to increase their financial literacy. Hi, Katrina. Welcome to Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast.
1: Hey, Francine. Thank you very much for having me. It's my pleasure to be here.
0: Yes, pleasure to have you too. So before we get into your story, tell us in your own words what you currently do.
1: What I currently do, right. Um, I suppose I wear a few different hats. Um, My primary one is that a financial wellness expert. So I'm a qualified financial advisor. And I work predominantly with women who want to empower themselves with their money stuff and educate themselves, increasing their financial literacy so that they can create the lives that they desire and never make decisions based on money, um, always based them on their values and what it is they want to do in life. And we're seeing a lot at the moment of women who really are stepping up um, into the light, um, taking on you know their own power and doing the things that they want to do. But a lot of them are holding back because of money. And I never want that to be something that holds a woman in particular back um so that's my my primary um piece of work at the moment Um, my uh, programs are going through cpd certification which is kind of you know quality assuring the the quality of them which is great to be able to spread the net farther and wider so they're going on udemy and groupon and um, that's really exciting and my other hats that I wear are property related Um, so I have investment property in the northeast of England and in Ireland and that's an amazing space to be in you know if you look at the top 100 rich list huge amount of those people in that list have made their money in property so it's a very important space to be in uh, and it's possible lots of people have hang-ups about it because of negative experiences and property myself included um, but you can't get away from the fact that there's huge money to be made in it and it's really good to get, get a space in there so I, um, I invest my uh, myself in the northeast uh, we've bought six in the last 12 months and um, I also introduce people to the partner that we work with so that's another stream of income so they're the main pieces that um, I'm involved with at the moment
0: Mm, no, that is really wonderful, actually. And uh, understanding, of course, that property is uh, one of the key uh, elements, actually, to build wealth. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit uh, about that uh, uh, in the um, conversation a little bit later. Um, so, why have you decided actually to get in this job? Um, you know, how did you get in, in, involved in this uh, in the job?
1: Well, I suppose it was a combination of COVID and finding myself in my flow somewhere I didn't expect to be so when COVID struck last year um, my uh, husband soon to be ex and going through a divorce at the moment um, he uh, uh, is a pilot and so overnight our only income uh, was gone and so that was a massive shock now I had spent the previous five five and a half years working on our own financial wellness so we had pretty solid um pieces in place that we weren't losing sleep about paying the mortgage or putting food on the table we have three young kids um so that was amazing so but what it highlighted to me was whilst our investments and we had really good foundations in place financially what we didn't have in place was a diversification of income and that was a massive lesson um so i i saw pretty quickly that you know the aviation industry was not going to recover quickly uh, and i thought okay i'm not hanging around for this to you know get back up on its feet i want to add some other strain So, I literally sat down with a blank sheet of paper and said okay what can I do what do I want to do so uh, property was one it was already on my radar but I wasn't quite sure how it was going to come to life Um, and then my friend who I've known from uni so maybe nearly close to 30 years um, said to me actually you know what I want to do it too and I don't want to do it on my own so we put our heads together formed a UK company and started to buy property in a hands-free way Um, so that was our first venture then as I went through the year um, a business coach I was working with she put um she put a call out for people to do sessions for her group um to you know at that stage people were really feeling the weight of COVID there was so much unknown there was so much fear around and she wanted to inject some kind of um some optimism and light into her um group and I said yeah sure let let me do one I'll do a session so I did a session uh on wellness in general um and it brought in emotional physical um and financial and the piece the feedback I got was I came alive particularly with the financial piece and I didn't see it myself at the time Um, but I do love numbers and I love I love money Um, you know uh, it's such a fun to me it's just a fun thing to to play with and um, that really got me thinking but I still held back because I thought um, you know I was working with a really good coach um, who I've been working with since 2015 and I thought I'm not her I can't be her I, I you know why would I do it when she's already doing it so well Um, And then I just left it and then I kept getting nudged different friends were coming to me struggling with various financial issues and I would just as a friend just chat them through and we'd find a solution and whatever. And um, then I just kept getting these nudges and eventually I said, uh, okay, let's let's try something. And I could start to see where I could do something that was really me in this space, but actually add value and make it accessible to more people. Um, so I, I started testing stuff earlier this year. It was only March. Uh, I, I started working with some one-to-one clients. And then I had the idea, I was like, okay, well, this is obviously I'm limited as to how many people I can help when I'm working one-on-one, and it's also limiting me financially. So I thought, how can I get this to more people? So um, In May of this year, I launched um, Financial Wellness Week, which is my giving back piece where I run a free week uh, to make this information accessible to everybody and never let money be a barrier to education yourself about this. And then off the back of that, I launched my beta program, 90 days to financial wellness. So that was working with a wonderful group of women, 12, 13 women um, who really made that a priority for the next 90 days. And we got amazing results, amazing testimonials and the feedback just fueled my passion and thought, yes, I found my flow, this works. It really fits with how I want my life to set up and how I have my life with my kids and home education, et cetera. So, it's, OK, let's go with this. And then September came and I was about to do my financial wellness week again. And then um, uh, we, my husband and I decided to divorce. So that hit, it was obviously quite a big and emotional um experience and I my heart whilst I did the financial wellness week my heart wasn't in it nor was my energy and so when I launched my 90-day program it bombed and I'm not ashamed to say that because I think we need to share more of our failures so that people can resonate with it however the bombing of it actually made me sit back and reflect and go okay why and then it was blatantly obvious it's like your heart's not in it your your head is so distracted with what's going on Mm -hmm. you you don't have the energy to deliver this and I thought okay well it is what it is so I offered a shorter program 30 days which I beta tested that went amazing got great feedback again and uh, and then another door surprisingly opened to CPD certification and I thought okay yeah this works with this this allows me to get it to a different audience at different price levels make it more accessible worldwide and so I went with that so you know it was through failure a really amazing door opened up and that's been my journey. It it feels like I've been doing it and people look at what I've achieved in the time I have and think, you know, you must be doing this a long time. I think, no, really, it was February, March of this year that I started, but it's literally because I found myself in my flow and so passionate about what I'm doing it has literally just catapulted in a way that I didn't quite expect in this time frame. So it tells me, yes, I'm on the right track and I'm doing the right thing and just keep going. So wow. that's, yeah.
0: Yeah, that is amazing actually to hear that actually uh, is in the middle of this COVID that actually you find your flow and uh, actually finally tap into what actually you really are meant to do. Uh, how come that um, it didn't happen before? Do you Can you um, take a step back and see actually what was actually holding you back or of, of tapping into this before? Well,
1: um, I know we, ha- we have a mutual friend in the lovely Nicola Lucy. Mm-hmm. and I had the great pleasure of working one-on-one with her mm-hmm. and I if you ask me this question probably 24 she's wonderful, hours ago, right? <laughs> she is absolutely amazing and any females listening in definitely yeah, check her podcast she's amazing um so I had a session with her yesterday and yeah I wouldn't have been able to answer that question the pieces are starting to come together but you know uh uh I'll be brief because I'm not sure how relevant it is but it's um, I, st- I realized yesterday that I was holding myself back because I was afraid of what I was going to lose when I really stepped up and out and that was my family and my husband uh, and I'd been holding myself back because of that and then I realized um, another conversation last night is it's so ingrained in our brains our blood family they're absolutely essential um, you know there's that bond is amazing and for a lot of people it is and that's great but for a lot of people that's not the reality and I am definitely in the, in the space of black sheep. Uh, I am, you know, I'm a home educator, which goes against a whole family of, you know, teachers and head teachers and all that who follow the system. And I don't believe in the system in, in terms of education. Um, I, you know, I'm, my family is very religious. I am not. Um, So no. uh, And I think my family often think that I do make those choices to be different on purpose. And, (laughs) but for me, it's no, I've made the choice because, Those things just don't fit with me so each time I'd make a choice like that it would drive a wedge further Um, and yesterday the realization was you know what I've connected with so many amazing people um, who I'd now refer to as my my soul family and it, Mm. it feels like it's quite a scary thing to do you know i still have contact with my family it's not that i don't see them but i when i talk to them it's like talking you know Mm -hmm. they don't know me they don't know this work i'm doing Mm -hmm. they have no interest they just don't get it uh and that's fine i have no anger or you know Mm -hmm. any negative feelings toward that it's just that is the reality and so i think it's important to share that That you know some people do um Your blood family just doesn't get you, and that's okay, and that happens. Um, but you when you find your tribe, your soul family, um, they're amazing people and they're you know people that definitely have in your life. And so that for me, it was that holding me back, that tie to my um Mm -hmm. to my my blood family and not wanting to lose them. And you know, reality is I've lost them a long time ago because I knew I was different. But I wasn't prepared to actually recognize that. And, you know, I have now and it's like, okay, well, you know, there's a grieving process uh, associated with that. Um, But the other side of it is it allows me to live my life 100 percent with the regrets. And I have Mm -hmm. three little people who look up to me. And staying in a relationship which wasn't working, and staying in you know family relationships which doesn't flow, um, is a really rubbish example to be giving to my children. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, no, I'm doing a disservice to myself but I'm also doing one for my kids, so I needed to be honest, and it was that which was holding me back, which I've only,
0: only just realized, so
1: that was a bit of a revelation, I'm still processing.
0: Wow, 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 that is amazing, really amazing, my gosh, Um, yes, uh, so much actually in there, actually, to, um, to unpack, because, you know, we do hold on to things, as you say, but those things were dead already, and those things are, what is holding us back, you know, it can be our blood family, it can be whatever, our job or a lot of things because we just are trying to conform, but we know deep inside our heart, you know, that is not working, but we don't find that courage. And it takes some people actually, like you talk about Nicola Lucy or some other people to actually open our eyes and really see that actually, you know, it's just a, a... what you want to be is already in there. It's just takes courage to step into it and just do it. You knew yeah. for a long time that you you know, you know, had to let go of those things. But yeah. uh, finally, now you find the courage. Um, yeah. I think that was one of the, the big realizations during this COVID time. A lot of people had actually finally found the courage to become who they were already. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's really, I, really important, yes, to do that. It and, is. And, and you, you talk
1: about... I talk about death and that's the reality or realization I had is was like I was actually dying inside myself and I felt that and I felt I was really projecting that onto my kids and I was really uneasy unhappy you know just just not fitting with what I wanted Um, and when that you know and Monday I had a conversation with Nicola um, on a different topic and I just you know my boiler died, my PC died, and we just had this conversation around death. And next thing, we have our you know session together on a Tuesday, and then this all comes up. And I'm thinking, this was already dead already, but in addition, I was dying, and that was the one thing I wasn't prepared to ha- let happen anymore. Um, you know, and as a mother, we often put our own needs to the back. But even if I think of it from my children's point of view. I'm giving a really poor example if I continue to do that so it was it was a very painful move to make particularly the marriage um, but I and and financial was one of the reasons I held back as well was because at the time I realized it was dead um, I felt that I was making the decision uh, I was holding off on the decision um, because I was financially dependent and that was definitely the reality because I was terrified that if I made the decision then I would be really in a very tricky place so I thought okay I've got a year and I need to sort this out I need to be able to stand on my own two feet so that I can make a decision from a financially independent strong place and not leave myself exposed so I, I, I have achieved so much in the last year because I've driven myself so hard to make sure that when I made that decision that final decision in the relationship It was from a place of empowerment, not a place of desperation and financial dependence. And that was a very, very important lesson and a a position I see a lot of women in at the moment. And that that really makes me sad seeing people make a decision on their livelihoods, on their life, um, on their relationships because of money. And I think, no, when you empower yourself with this money stuff, the other stuff just becomes so much easier because you can make those decisions with the courage you need and having that faith. You've got this, it will be okay. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting experience yeah. I've had with it. Yeah,
0: yeah, I really uh really totally understand that. That is why also I was excited to talk about you in this season when I'm I'm talking globally about the great designation about the money aspect, because as you say, usually money is one of the reasons what what is holding us back, really, you know, because how can we step up and do or leave our jobs, for example, which uh, the Great Nation did? Some people actually, the pain of being in a job that was so, so hurtful was even more than they actually not having the money this time. Because now, as you say, it was about death, right? Either they stay there and, 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 and you know, really completely die, or, or they have to step up. Even without knowing, I've read that even a lot of people went out, left their job without even having another job to go to. And that pain was so, so profound for them to do that. So in your actually uh, eyes, how actually, if we actually, in, you know, just talking about the great resignation in two different ways, there are the people who actually left their job, without having that safety net because you're so so painful and then there are other people who are not taking that courage are still in the job that they hate and then because they don't want to go out because of that financial reason what would be your kind of advice or perspective on those two different situations
1: well, to, to me, and I'm stereotyping here, I'm taking a guess that the people who would just, just go, you know what, nothing is worth this and be gone, are probably have a higher risk tolerance than those who will suck it up and stay but take the pain so for the people and I spoke to some of client today who was in the position of actually the decision was made for her she's been advised she's going to be made redundant at the end of January but she was teetering on the edge of you know making that jump um, to resign but now the decision's been taken from her and she has stuff she has she has created really amazing foundations in her area of special uh, specialty um, and she just needed that nudge so she, it has now she has now in one week sold 2000 pounds worth of her program because she was given that push um would she have done that had she been left with her cushy salary possibly in time um but in the same way for myself had i not been given that nudge of you need to get this sorted to make an informed decision um you know i might not have either um so it's really really i think two cases depending on your risk tolerance so for those if you have And I think for this one, it's very personal as to which suits you. So for those who make the jump, if you have the stomach for that and you can you can do that, well, then, you know, intuitively. And as women, I think that's our superpower is to know you've got this. Or if you feel too terrified and paralyzed to do it, then don't hold tight, because, you know, part of what I teach um, in my program is having that that. that emergency savings pot. So having a number of months um, of your essential expenses put aside so that you have that breath. If something happens, if you if you lose your job or if you become ill and you need that breath um, of, of where you don't have income coming in, but you know that you have the comfort of having your expenses covered, you have that pot there. So if you're in that position of doing that, whichever your risk tolerance, it's amazing to have that in place. So if you're sitting on the fence in the, at that camp and you know you need to leave, but you just can't, I would encourage those people um, to figure out if you were to have an emergency savings pot on the side and how many months essential expenses would you like to have in there for you to feel safe to go I'm done and get out and answer that question. Now, when I did this exercise seven, five, six years ago with my husband, um, his, my answer was three because I have a much higher risk tolerance. His was nine. Mm-hmm. And in a situation like that, go with a higher number. So go with the number that feels good for you. So now I'm, I'm doing my own thing financially. I just have three months because I know three months is the perfect amount of time for me. If something happened unforeseen that I wasn't protected against, um, I would have a lot of time in three months to, you know, put, plans in place so figure out what that number is for you and get it in place you know but for those who've already fled you have the stomach just keep going follow your instinct and you've pushed yourself to the wall so you know you have to make fly whatever it is Um, however some people who make that leap don't necessarily you know, can find, find themselves stumbling. Um, then I would say, if you're in that position, you've made the jump and then gone, oh, sugar, um, just sit down and take a look at it. You know, what are the things that you can do, very practical things to start bringing income in? Is there support that you can get from, you know, in terms of benefits in the short term to support you? What is it you want to do? You know, you've got a blank sheet of paper now, you're creating the ne- this next chapter you created by design. And, you know, part of um, one of the first steps in what I do is creating, getting people to get an, a very clear on what their end game is. And when you have clarity on what that vision is, then it's much easier to start figuring out what your next steps are. Um, so that would be my my advice. Um, and, you know, for, for the women in the group, your intuition um, is just take that next step and that next step and and interestingly the same client today i was talking to we had a discussion around the amount of money that corporates are pumping into wellness programs at the Mm -hmm. moment because the anxiety and the stress and the amount of challenges that they have from a wellness point of view because of the pandemic for various different reasons that's where their money is going it's not going on sales training or stuff like this to a large degree as it was previously it's now going towards wellness because there's so many issues there so you know it's it's being recognized so if you have the ability um, to partake in those kind of things you know and if you know that you need to stay in your job for however many months while you build up that pot or you find get yourself to a place um, then figure out what you need because if you're just saying oh no at some point i'll resign whatever no at some point is too vague you need to get clarity on what what does that point look like what would you have in place for you to make that leap you get one life you need to live it to your max yeah. you, especially if you have kids you've got other people or whether it's um you know nieces nephews looking up to you you want to lead by example and you want to show them that you're living your best life so because you're you're a model for people who are looking at you some of who you may not be aware of and you know make it make it that your best life and if relying from your job is what you need to do then then do that
0: yeah yeah i love that uh, you know as uh, you even share at the beginning you know um usually what people will say is that, oh, I want to make sure that I stay at home, I stay in the job, I stay in whatever kind of situation I am just because of the kids. But as you say, you know, you are not showing them, you know, this is not the, 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 you know, you may have some reason to do that, but this is not being true to yourself as well. So, you know, really, really making sure that you are being true to yourself and find the best best possible way um, to to, to live your life, you know, rather than living, you know, um, as somebody else's life, a mom's life, (laughs) rather than being living your own life. So uh, it's really, really key, actually. Uh, Katrina, I also know that you have a framework with five clues to financial wellness success. Can you share what those clues are are
1: we for our listeners? Sorry, <laughs> sure. um, excuse me, coughing. Um, so the first thing I, I mentioned was around vision. So being really clear as to what what your end goal is when it comes to your financial wellness, what does it look like? Because it's a bit like a ship without a rudder. There's no guidance or no direction if you don't know where it is that you're shooting for. And the same with the job, if you don't know what your end point is as to where you're ready to jump, then it's very difficult to know when you've arrived and if you're heading in the right direction. Um, So get a really clear vision of what financial wellness looks like for you. Um, Secondly, it's around creating a really good relationship with money. And that really has two, two key pieces. One is around gratitude. And when I started this journey in 2015, um, I was living in a beautiful detached house on half an acre with three happy, healthy kids. And we know we had money coming in, which was just about enough to cover our expenses. Yet all I felt was scarcity and lack and financial desperation. Why? I all Because my perspective was looking on all the things that I didn't have. As soon as I just changed my perspective and leaned into my gratitude around all the things I did have, because lots of people looking in at my life at that time thought that I was it was me- I was made you know everything was fine that they didn't know a lot of the numbers behind it um, but the reality was they saw a lot of things that I didn't and that I wasn't grateful for so as soon as I changed my perspective by having a regular gratitude practice at night I'd just run through it in my head mm-hmm. um, that changed so nothing materially in my life changed but my perspective did and so my whole experience so I started feeling in every cell of my body that sense of financial wellness and that. Then, you know, with money, in my opinion, being an energy that rippled out. And so opportunities started coming my way that I hadn't even, you know, thought about. And money started to behave in a very different way in my life. I uh, also, on that piece, I started tracking. So I started paying more attention where I was spending my money and really kind of doing a mari Kondo on my money you know was what I was giving out was it really bringing me joy and value and if it wasn't well then it went and if it was well then you know it stayed and I was hugely grateful for it I was you know I was grateful for I hear a lot of people complaining about insurance and those kind of expenses and to me I feel massive gratitude for that because the amount of times people have to call on those insurances and the sense of wellness that brings when you know they pay out when you're really struggling at fair points that's amazing so I happily pay those those bills because they're they give me such peace of mind um so that's the other piece of it so that's the, the second part is around kind of gratitude and tracking the third piece then is it's a big one around savings and I mentioned already about having an emergency savings pot and, and putting that in place for however many months that is um relevant and, and feels good for you um so that's one part of it ad hoc savings is another really making sure that a, a big source of stress for a lot of people are those expenses that come in they're not monthly but they're maybe every quarter you have something or every year you have your car tax or or, uh, car insurance or home insurance or whatever Um, and to me they're a huge source of stress so what I do with them is I add them all up um, anything that come that isn't monthly I let's say the total is 1200 pounds I divide that by uh, 12 months so that would mean that to cover my ad hoc expenses, I would need to be putting away hundred pounds per month. So I've worked out what that was and the stress that that took away from me, knowing that I had a little pot on the side with money that I needed for all those things that were going to drop in. Now over time, I've added lots more things in like birthdays and Christmas and travel and a replacement car and placement tech and all the things that are not monthly and that were a source of stress. So say when something breaks, I'm like, oh, I don't have the money uh, Well, I used to Now I do because I'm providing for everything Thing that's coming there. So I never have a sense of lack. It's like, yeah, okay, I've already got that, got that covered. If something new arises, I add it in and, you know, figure out how much I need to be putting away. So it's really a really simple thing to do. And um, in the savings as well, which is a massive thing and a huge source of overwhelm to a lot of people is, is a retirement planning. So it would take a really simple approach to that. And the first um, stage is really awareness as to, you know, if you look forward to whatever age it is that you decide you'd like to retire at, you know, what does your life look like then? What kind of expenses are you going to have? Um, Easiest way to do that is look what expenses you have now and which of those will be there and which of them won't and add in any new ones that, you know, uh, will be there uh, at retirement stage. And then it's looking at your pensions and going, okay, well, if my expenses level is here, are my pensions meeting it, is it below? Um, figuring out where that is. And if we've got a gap, well then you know how do we fill it? And property for me is one piece that is has really been able to address the, the gap that I have and or had in terms of my pension. Um, so that's the third. The fourth one then is around protecting yourself and making sure that in in the um, in the occurrence of unforeseen circumstances like sickness, sickness serious illness, um, Uh, death, et cetera, uh, that you have everything protected, that your loved ones are protected and seeking advice from people, expertise, um, experts in that area who have the know-how to advise you on that and making sure you have your will and your powers of attorney in place and all the protection that you need based on your circumstances. And the last one then is around debt. Um, so when we say that word quite often people have negative connotations they think of credit cards you know um, overspending overdrafts uh, and there's bad connotation to me there's a polarity to debt there is bad debt which is the likes of um, consumer uh, you know credit cards and overdrafts and personal loans things that take money from our lives and then there's the other side which is good debt and it's about minimizing your bad debt and um, bringing increasing the good debt in your life and good debt I would qualify as rental properties things that you have loans on that earn you money things like could be like um maybe a vending machine that you've borrowed uh, and it earns you money um or people uh, buy hotel rooms people buy plots in um in funeral sites there's all sorts of different things that you can do when you look in there to get good debt so you want to bring that bad debt down and get as much good debt as you can in your life um so that's really kind of the five um, pieces to financial wellness and those pieces were kind of created based on my own reflections on my own journey and what were the key pieces to me making that transition and there's no rocket science in anything that I teach it's all very simple because I think to make it accessible to the vast majority of people we need to simplify it and show that you don't need to be some kind of actuarial genius to get this working I started it very simply my savings habit which went to euro it's accessible to everybody. It's very simple to understand. A lot of it is possible to automate and outsource. So you don't have to be a maths genius to get this stuff in place. Um, I've worked with women of all sorts of um, capabilities, you know, numerically, and it doesn't matter. It's still possible to do it. If your desire is strong enough to get this sorted, you know, it will be done. Um, so that's that's the nutshell version of
0: it. <laughs> Wow, yes, that is really, really wonderful. So I wrote that down, the five clues uh, to financial wellness. The first one is to have vision, you know, have the end goal in mind. The second is having gratitude, really, being grateful for what you have. Don't really focus on what you don't have and make sure that you track uh, your numbers as well. And the third is savings. So have your emergency uh, savings, um, how many months that, uh, you know, you need to be covered until you get the next paycheck. Uh, And also have the adult saving, I love the adult saving bait, and, uh, you know, plan a small amount of money to cover those. And then we have the fourth, which is protecting yourself and protecting others as well if, you know, sadly, you have to go. Uh, And uh, the fifth one is debt, which include bad debt and good debt so wonderful really really great actually you say it's not rocket science but this is like a really nice model actually that can really make a great framework for people to start actually start somewhere really start somewhere you know and um that is very 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 good um so for anybody let's say that somebody is saying that i'm 50 plus i haven't been putting any money away um so far i have nothing is it too late to start
1: never 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 um and i love love hearing stories like um uh i can't remember the 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 guy as a colonel sanders the guy the kentucky fried chicken guy he was what 62 or something when he came up with the recipe for kentucky fried chicken and he knocked on i don't know how many doors and got so many no's but he had a belief inside that he knew he was on something and he kept going so it is and uh what's her name louise hay as well when she yep. launched hay house she was in her yep. 60s so i think yep. never, and also mcdonald as well i think mcdonald as really?
0: well mm-hmm. there,
1: there are so many examples of of a age is irrelevant if you have the passion and the desire the urgency to do it then age is irrelevant mm-hmm. um and often a lot of people use that as an excuse but it's it is absolutely not the case um you know it's irrelevant just time is very important so I would encourage anybody thinking about this we often get it fall into the hole of uh, the misconception that when I get that next when I get that promotion or when I get that bonus or when I get to wherever the next level is then I'll start saving Nope, absolutely not when I started my savings We just had, ENDS were just meeting and I had, I was taking 20 euro a month. Um, We were paying ourselves 20 euro a month because that's all that was spare. And that was for like, you know, if we wanted books or a coffee or whatever. Um, And I took that 20 euro and I invested it. And, you know, you think 20 euro, that's not going to set the world alight. But the thing that 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 20 euro showed was my commitment to getting out of where I was, desperation Mm -hmm. and getting myself towards that vision, which I had in my mind's eye. And that was the the first pivotal step in in, um, making that commitment. And that 20 euro very quickly grew over a period of time up to 50% of our income. So, you know, the compound interest, um, Albert Einstein says, says it's the eighth wonder of the world. Literally, once you made that commitment with your money and you place it in the right places, the money just mushroomed. And before we knew it, we were like, whoa, how did that happen? And the beautiful thing about that was that it was all automated. So while I was taking care of my kids, living my best life with them you know being there for them because that was something really important to me I had automated this and it took care of itself and that was something that I loved so age is absolutely not not a factor but for all of us regardless of our age delaying it is a massive issue so if you have the realization now you need to do something do not put it off do not wait until you make that jump uh, from your job do not wait for anything. Take that amount, whatever you feel it's very uh, is affordable for you and commit to it and do not ever cancel that. Because I had a client recently, she had a change of circumstances and uh, she was looking to peel back her expenses and she was going to cancel that. And I said, okay, please don't, don't cancel it. Drop it right down to the very minimum because if you cancel it, it's wiped off your account and it will be gone out of your consciousness whereas if you drop it right down to 25 pounds then you're still seeing it and Mm -hmm. when things settle back down then it will still be in your awareness to increase it back up but if you wipe it the chances of you reinstating it are much lower than if you leave it there at a minimum Mm -hmm. ticking over until you find your feet again Mm -hmm. Um, and that was really important to not cancel it because it still showed her commitment it dropped back which he still had committed and that was an important distinction to
0: make wow okay wow that is really brilliant brilliant advice i hope that our listeners are getting the gems out of uh, what you're sharing actually um knowing what you know now which advice would you give to your younger self (laughs) to do meaningful work and live a meaningful life
1: um just i think it would be trust your instinct because I found I had I suppose through various childhood experiences I was um I I suppose I'd buried my emotion and I'd buried my instinct and becoming a mother Mm. really unfurled to me my instinct and I started to see my kids making really smart decisions on all sorts and they knew and I watched them and I think how do you know that and I and then I started to lean into mine more and I was like yeah, they're just, they know because I'm not interfering with it. Um, I, and I have that too. And so eventually when I started to peel back the layers, it would be that. It would be trust your instinct. And if, if your instinct is buried and you have a bit of work to do on yourself, do that work because it's invaluable. It's, um, it's very healing to do that kind of work, whatever other kind of modality that you use. There's so many options there. But do the work and, you know, get back to your yourself. You have one life and just, yeah, your intuition is just an amazing power that we have always within us. And just just listen to it more because it never sets you wrong. Never, never, never. So
0: wonderful. Yes. Uh, Trust our instincts and our intuition, what we actually usually discard. But actually, that can be really, really our greatest superpower. Wonderful. So what do you want to be remembered for?
1: Um, I think ho- hopefully leaving a legacy of empowering women with their money stuff. Um, you know, the, my money uh, programs and stuff are going to wider audiences at the moment in terms of Udemy and Groupon and universities and schools um, in the in the next uh, number of years. But my passion for for now remains with women because I think they are such in such a strong place. Uh, And they're often disadvantaged in this. So it would be empowering women with their money stuff so that they live their best life. And if their mothers in those in those. roles as women that they're also they're passing that legacy down because that's an empower a very powerful position to be in um yeah so and i think when women are empowered with their money that ripple that that creates because it allows them then to live their best life and they're never making decisions based on money they're never making decisions on relationships or on what they do they're able to follow their passion their intuition and do whatever it is and pass their gifts on to the world because a lot of women hold back with that because of money. And I never, you know, I want to empower as many women to not do that. Um, and so I think our world will be a much better place, um, you know, doing my work and allowing, releasing women from that, that fear um, to just just do what they, they need to do with no monies from a, uh, uh, from a money perspective.
0: Wow, that is wonderful, wonderful, uh, um, you know, legacy, actually. Any last piece of guidance that you'd like to pass to our listeners and then we'll say goodbye.
1: I'd leave it with a quote um, to say, I, I don't know who it's credited to, but it is the quote about to, you know, to take the next step, you don't need to say, see the whole staircase. And this is never more true than with your money stuff. People think that, you know, they, oh, they'll get it sorted when they get to this age or this stage or this level or whatever you don't need any of that to take the next step. And whether it's it's making that commitment to put 25 pounds away a month, or making commitment to be more conscious with your spending, you know intuitively what that next step is and take it. And once you take that, then you start to see the ripple effect and then you take another one. So make the commitment. If this is something that causes you angst and, and trouble, you know, make the commitment to take that next step. And I can guarantee that once you keep taking those little baby steps before time, you look back and you think, oh my God, your your world is unrecognizable. And there's no massive one big thing you did. It was those little baby steps on a regular basis. And financially, your world will be a very different place.
0: I love that. I love those uh, very, very practical ones. Take the next step. You don't need to, to see the bigger picture. Usually we kind of, you know, takes so long to try to map out the whole journey and the vision. And, and then, then by the time, the time is wasting, time is passing, and we're not taking the next step. And before we know, 2022 is here. Uh, yes, yeah, so take the next step. Just get on to the next step, whatever the next step is, whatever small step. Uh, I love that. Really take the next step. So thank you very much, Katrina. How can people reach you and learn more about you and your work?
1: They can um, connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, Francine, uh, just Katrina Ellis, or if they're on Facebook, 90 Days to Financial Wellness is my Facebook page. So I share my, my tips and resources um, on the, in those locations mainly.
0: Wonderful. So I really, really enjoyed this conversation, Katrina. It was really a great pleasure to have you on this uh, podcast.
1: Thank you for having me,
0: Francine. That is it for today. I will see you next week for another episode episode of the season 8. Hey, if you're ready to get more meaning in your life, make the money you deserve and lead a movement to change the world and become a recognized thought leader in your industry, you better get on my email list where I send unique tips and practical strategies every single week in your inbox. Sign up to receive my free personal branding checklist. This is a one-page checklist that will help you pinpoint immediately which of the seven areas you should focus on to create an influential personal branding and make a bigger impact. So just head over to francinebelli.com slash podcast. That's francinebeley com slash podcast. And until then, dream, act, and make an impact. Lots of love.